once, he would try again. The great champions of the past would make their choices. Jack Dempsey. Well, it's anybody's fight, but I favor Max Mulling because I saw Joe Lewis work out, and he looks to me like everybody's hitting him. Then Gene Tunney. Well, I believe that uh, if Lewis gets the jump in the beginning of the fight, he'll win. But if he's going to allow himself to maneuver around by... Schmeling, I believe that Schmeling is going to win. Max Bayer, who had knocked Schmeling out and in turn was knocked out by Lewis. Well, I'm stringing along with Lewis this time, although in the last fight I selected Schmeling. As a matter of fact, I want him to win, because I want to be the first fighter to regain the heavyweight championship. Finally, Max Schmeling. I'm feeling comfortable and in good shape. My walk here at the training camp has put me in the best of condition. It did not take long. Schmeling is down. The count is five. Five. Six, seven, eight. The men are in the ring. The fight is over. On a technical knockout, Max Schmeling is beaten in one round. In the ring, as soon as Schmeling was carried back to his corner, Joe Lewis and his trainer, Jack Blackburn, were jubilant. Oh, it was a good fight. Very good fight. When did you think you had him beat? Well, I thought I had him beat when I took the match. Jack Blackburn. Oh, friends, this one was lucky night it has always been a mystery why men don boxing gloves and train endless hours for those moments when they will answer the sound of the bell. True, there is financial return for those who are better than average, but there must be something else. On July 4th, 1910, Jack Johnson knocked out Jim Jeffries for the heavyweight championship of the world. At the time, Jack Johnson said, My great thrills was this. Anytime entering the ring that I went over in the corner to put Rosam on my feet, then I felt great. Or perhaps it is the satisfaction one gets in being better than an opponent. Listen now to Jim Jeffries as he recalls his knockout of Bob Fitzsimmons in the year 1899. I knocked him out of the left hand. I thought I'd missed the punch. Uh-huh. It just grazed his chin. And I started to hit him with the right hand, and, and his, his, his hands had dropped, and his eyes were glazed. Instead of hitting him, I just shoved him over. Or perhaps for the loser, it is the determination to win again, prove that there is no better man. This was the case of two-ton Tony Galanto after he was knocked out by Joe Lewis in the year 1939. I had low bar type 3 pneumonia before that fight. I was warned by the doctors not to fight for two years. Then I took the fight with Lewis. When Lewis seen I was not in the proper shape, I weighed, in fact, I weighed 250 when I started to train, and I get down to 230. But still in all, the doctors warned me about fouling, and then the commissioners called me in with two, two, two telegrams. I was never a dirty fighter. If my elbow got caught in the guy's face, it was an accident. If I got a thumb caught in the guy's face, it was an accident, too. But when you got those things on your mind, you're worrying about developing a heart condition. You're worrying about going to 15 rounds. And uh, everything bothered me. I went in and fought the guy, and, uh, and if he'd have fought me again, I would have murdered the bum. In 1917, a young New York lightweight named Benny Leonard knocked out Freddie Welsh and became champion of the world. He then started on a string of victories that goes virtually unmatched in the annals of boxing history. For the next seven years, he met and defeated everyone he faced and retired in 1924 as undefeated champion. For Benny Leonard, there were not many difficult nights. Not as difficult as the early days when the only trouble he had was with mom and pop. I was 15 years old, went down to... And boxed four rounds, hit and ran, and received five dollars and a black eye. And I went home that night, and my mother saw me as I came in through the door, and she cried, sent for my dad. My dad came in, and he said, fighting again for what? And I reached into my pocket, brought out the five-dollar bill, put it in his hand. He showed it to my mother. My mother cried. She didn't care about the money, didn't want to see a boy get hurt. 
My dad put the $5 bill in his pocket, pat me on the shoulder, said, Benny, my boy, it's all right. When are you going to fight again? Leonard tried a comeback seven years later, and after some success, finally decided to call it quits in 1932 when he was knocked out by Jimmy McLaurin. Two years later in the heavyweight division, a fight took place that still remains today as one of the most ferocious to ever take place inside the ring. It was the great heavyweight title bout between champion Primo Carnera and challenger Max Bayer. Many men have taken bad beatings, but few have been pulverized into helplessness as Carnera was that night. And then a terrific right hand to the side of Carnera's face. And Carnera goes down again, but only for the count of one. The man won't stay down. And he swings a hard left to Bear's face. But Bear is following him now. Carnera is very flimsy on those powerful legs of his. Carnera has fallen. Carnera has fallen again, but he is up instantly. The man won't stay down. Talk about nerve. He'll fight till he's dead, that man. <laughs> 